Episode 18 for November 2007. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is brought to you by MailOrderComics.com. They've been providing great service and filling orders for comic collectors for 10 years, and they'd like to be your comic subscription service. They offer discounts from 38 up to 75% off the cover price of new comics. Again, that's MailOrderComics.com. It's where the Crawl Space staff gets their books, so why don't you give them a try? Well, happy Thanksgiving, Webheads. This is part two of our three-hour conversation with Amazing Spider-Man writer Dan Slott. And we join the conversation talking to him about how many thought Ben Riley was going to return. I, I saw a lot of people guessing about that, and, and most of them were fans of Spider-Man and not Initiative fans. Because I don't think it would have been fair to Initiative fans if we did that, because it would have been pulling something out of left field, yeah. where all the seeds are there for MVP. And at the yeah. same time, a lot of Initiative fans pegged that it was going to be MVP months ago. And my take on that is, did you ever guys read the DC Armageddon, like, 2000 books? I, I uh, did. Yeah, I read, I read the uh, the big reveal where it was that uh, Monarch was supposed to be... Uh, it was supposed to be Captain Adam. It was supposed to be Captain Adam. And all the clues are leading up to Captain Adam. And then everybody online, all the fans, all the people writing, everyone pegged it. So DC kind of went, uh, no, it's not. Clocked. <laughs> we always meant it to be hard. And then you read it, and it's like, oh, it's so supposed to be Captain Adam. And when you do that, when you, when you take the left on purpose because the fans are sniffing too close, they're about to undig the, you know, dig up the body, you can't do that. You just gotta stick to your guns and do the story, and if, you know, 20 people online get to jump up and down and go, I got it! Good for you, man! Way to go! You're paying attention. But, you know, you can't, you can't change course. Yeah. You gotta stick. Yeah. You gotta stay true to your story, or else you're you're just gonna hurt yourself down the line. You're gonna screw up Hawk and Dove. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, I had all these written out, and then I left the hotel, and my <laughs> questions are at the hotel. So yeah. um, you start, you start asking like other people at the tailgate. <laughs> hey, <what's your> <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm interviewing the writer of Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, can, do you have a question for him? <laughs> Yeah, and these people are going to take it to the like, <laughs> I got a question. Are we going to the Super fan. Bowl? We're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got, I got you got guys that are sitting out with signs saying, "I need tickets, I need tickets," and then you got guys oh. that are sitting there with tickets that you don't even know if they're real <laughs> tickets, and you're kind of going, hmm. yeah. and you're probably going to have to pay like five hundred bucks a pop. Just to get a you know ticket, it's gonna be in the nosebleed section. Wait, you're in Dallas right now. Yeah, I'm in Where Dallas right now. Oh man. Yeah, <laughs> in the next to last year in Texas Stadium. So because uh, they got the giant, we went and saw the new stadium, and it's just huge. But uh, I'm I'm really excited. I I told the guys, I said, you know, this is gonna be the perfect day. I get to spend the day with my dad at Texas Stadium watching the game. And then I get to talk dance a lot. So hey, I can't have a much better day. <laughs> I think you know, and, and chocolate. <laughs> no, 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 chocolate. fruit, fruit pies, brother. Keep the fruit theme pies. going. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. Yeah, we always have to have a theme. Every, now, every time yeah. we, you know, every time we mention clones, we have to take a shot. And uh, yeah, on the podcast, yeah, on the podcast. And and uh, oh, I think I, now I, we're I, going I, to do I see, I see, I see how this works. So at the end of the podcast, it's like. So what happens to Mary Jane? Oh, let me tell you what happens to Mary Jane. <laughs> <laughs> blah 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 blah. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, we should send over liquor as a complimentary post or uh, pre guest <laughs> beverage refreshment. Tell us what you what we want you to know. That's, that's like what the mafia does. They ply you with wine. There you go, and then you'll talk. <laughs> well, Spidey, do you yeah, any other got, questions? You guys can I can be move my on to the... mafia. There you go. Hey, forget about it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, no, I, I, I'm going to let go. the message board questions take over okay. from here. Uh, All right. I, I'll, I'll ask Dan because you know he's now posting on the message board. Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> any, any questions I have afterwards that are not asked, I'll just throw on the okay. board and you can answer. Well, well, we'll start on the big thread. It's about two pages long. The first one up is uh, Venom65437 from uh, Fort Myers, Florida, and he's curious if Spidey will uh, team up with some friends in the superhero community post uh, one more day. He's not talking about the Avengers. He's talking about, like, Daredevil or Human Torch. Will, um, will we see that in your run? We are really going to focus on Spider-Man's world. And um, outside of um, in Zeb's first arc, you're going to touch base with the new Avengers and see how that works in brand new day continuity. Um, Let's not even call it continuity. In Spider-Man, in this new thrilling era of (laughs) Spider-Man, you're going to see how that works. Um, And and I can say, uh, see, I don't want to spoil other guys' stuff. Um, But for the most part, we're going to really focus on Spider-Man and making him the coolest and biggest thing in his world. Okay. He's, he's your star. He's your hero. Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Okay. And Venom well, also asks... Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Venom also asks, uh, what makes a great Spider-Man story to you? Um, 22 pages of art and staples. That's, <laughs> that's what you need. That's all you got. No, no, no. no. But... Um, the, to me, the, the quintessential thing about Spider-Man is he, and and I, I can already hear people wincing and groaning. He's the everyman hero. Uh, what's he going on about? No, the, the Spider-Man is is really the the first the first big solo hero with feet of clay. He's the first guy that that screws up. He's the first guy who, like you, you look at the FF who predates Spidey, and they're this dysfunctional family that's our dysfunctional family um but they have each other spider-man is you he's the loner he's you in your own world and you make mistakes and you screw up and things don't always work out the way you want them to Mm -hmm. but you keep going and you you do the hero's choice you know you have these responsibilities that's spider-man that that's the quintessential Spider-Man. It's it's about Peter not always doing the right thing, you know, always kind of having the right reasons and and wanting the best to happen, but not always achieving it. And it's it's something a little more complicated than Charlie Brown karma. Yeah, you can think of it like that. Right. Somewhere between Charlie, you know, Charlie Brown and and Bugs Bunny, you end up with Spider-Man. <laughs> a, a smart alecky loner. Or yeah. kid with bad luck, yeah. Uh, and Venom's final question is: uh, You got the guys are going to hate me for this, but you know Kane is still out there. If you ever want to bring him back, also Baby May too. So, hey, hey. wasn't that yeah. that show on CBS they already canceled <laughs> with Jimmy Smiths? <laughs> you know, I think there's a better chance of me bringing Jimmy Smiths into Spider-Man than Kane. So I hate yeah. to say that, but, and I don't uh, think probably Baby May isn't in the cards either. 
<laughs> oh, Baby May's in the card. She's in a wonderful book every month called Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Amazing yeah. Spider-Girl, and everyone should be reading it. It's go. a wonderful book. All right. Nope. There you go. <laughs> uh, let's see. Crazy Chris uh, just kind of thanks you for talking to the fans. Yay. Uh, and coming to the board, so he thanks you for that. And Wombat, uh, 909 from the United Kingdom, he says, Dan, do you watch Heroes, the TV show Heroes? Yes. Yeah? You a big fan? Um, you know, I was last year, um, <laughs> and this year, I just, I can't stand the brother, in the, the, the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver character. <laughs> you know, the I can't stand yeah. those guys. Every time they're on camera... I'm so glad I watched the show on TiVo. Pass it. You know, it's still, you know, it's it's impossible not to love Hero. Hero is great. Yeah. And uh, and it's always fun to see the Bennetts, the horn rim glasses guy, and Claire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, but I, I keep ending up with these logic problems with with yeah. heroes um, this season. Like you have the the Irish gangsters that were keeping Peter Petrelli's stuff in a box. Yeah. And they're going to make him commit a crime. Like, we're going to have you, you know, we have everything you want to see in this box. You, the guy who can shoot lightning from your fingers, read our minds, <laughs> do a million things. We have it here in this little tiny metal box. Yeah. And we'll let you have this little tiny metal box that we're showing you right in front of your face if you help us hold up an armored car. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, take the box. Yeah, it's like no. a freaking box. It's like yep. it, there gets these points where I, I'm having too many moments this season where I'm like screaming at the TV, like it's it's a WTF moment. Yeah, <laughs> or like you know the big cliffhanger one season is you 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 know of one show is you pop into uh, Times Square mm-hmm. and the whole world's destroyed and you're yeah. like, dude, that was last season, and I totally <laughs> get it. That it's different this time because now 93% of the population is destroyed. So <laughs> why? Why did you go to Times Square? Why, why couldn't yeah. they have popped into the middle of, I don't know, the Washington Monument? And seen everyone, <laughs> just going back there again, it's like, are you getting frequent flyer miles for hitting New York? <laughs> it's like, stop it. I, I was talking yeah. to someone after the show, and they were like, yeah. did you see Heroes? Yeah. And he's like, was that the same apocalypse? I'm like, no, it's a different apocalypse in Times Square. Yeah. Like, oh, so days of future past again. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man. Who knows? But there, there okay. are lots of elements and subplots and storylines in Heroes that I'm really digging. Um, but to me, the winner of that night is Journeyman right afterwards. See, I don't Journeyman. watch that one. Is it good? I love Journeyman. I thought I'm, it was like Quantum Leap. I, I heard it's like Quantum Leap, but I don't know. I was not going to watch it because it was like Quantum Leap. Yeah. And I am a time travel fanatic. I love <laughs> anything about time travel. Bill and Ted, Terminator, Star Trek Lee. <laughs> I that is my favorite of the tracks. It's so it's like oh no, but actually I like the the board time travel one better with Zephyr oh, yeah. Cochran. Right. With, um, so it's like I just I love time travel stories. So it's let like, me get this straight: you're a Spider-Man fan and a Star Trek fan. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and, and Star Wars and the whole guy. Yeah, I'm a quantum yeah. leaper, and yeah, we, we were separated at birth, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I was all prepared not to like Journeyman because it was so obviously quantum leap. Yeah. But I like all the little jazz riffs they've done off of quantum leap, where. It, it's almost like they use Quantum Leap as a primer and then move on from it. So, 
one of the problems of Quantum Leap is he only had one supporting cast member, which was Al, and he couldn't touch right. him. Mm-hmm. So you've got this guy who's not even there all the time, and so you really are this sense of floating, and you had a different supporting, a different cast every week. Right. And with with Journeyman, he has this great soap opera element of all the different cast members that he knows, and he keeps leaping into the same city in San Francisco. Right. So a lot of times you see the other cast members from like a year ago or two years ago or three years ago mm-hmm. all running around. Um, and it, it's cool. There's all these elements and the way the story keeps progressing and the mystery of why he's time traveling and the events he's putting right and the way time travel works. I, I'm just, I'm so cool. into Journeyman. So that totally have to watch is that. probably, it's probably going to get canceled now that I've said that. Because that's, well. that's the way it works. <laughs> that's totally the way it works. Like, do you remember that show, um, uh, now and again, or is it now and then? Uh, who was in that one? Um, it's the one where uh, Dennis Haysbert, the guy who becomes a president on 24 and is in all right. the Allstate ads, uh-huh. where he was the scientist that built this genetically perfect person and he put John Goodman's brain in it. <laughs> I I do not remember that show. <laughs> oh, did, it, it was, did it last more than six episodes? I, I... <laughs> it, 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 and, the, and, and they did one season and it ended on a cliffhanger, and I freaking loved it. It was so. Oh, man. But John Goodman's only in the pilot. The whole okay. idea is that this guy, it's John Goodman's brain, but it's in the body of Captain America. <laughs> and they make this poor guy do all these secret missions in this genetically perfect body. But the problem is, in his heart, he's still this John Goodman guy who's a loving father and husband. Mm. And he's, his whole past has been burned away. And he can't ever contact his family or bad things will happen to them because he works for the shadowy government organization. And oh. it's all about how he keeps trying to bend the rules and be part of his family's life again. That, they, need put, they need to put that on DVD. I've never heard of that show. That's cool. It's, oh, it's really good. There's all these <laughs> shows that show up or that as you grow up and you, that have that one season and you yeah. love them and they're gone. And like, yeah. uh, Do you remember the show Probe? I do, <laughs> I do not remember Probe. Probe is the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, what was the name of the uh, when they had the Hardy Boy show and like the one Hardy Boy that didn't have the fan base? Uh, <laughs> he, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> he married Kirstie Alley, or, you know that guy. Oh, he played, he played this eccentric genius, Parker Stevens. Um, oh, Parker, Parker Stevens. Stevens. There you go. He plays this eccentric genius, and he gets the equivalent of one of Monk's sidekicks, like the girl who helps Monk, but this is years yeah. before Monk like the average girl who goes to work for the super scientist. Uh And he's a total, like, Einstein meets Sherlock Holmes, but he has horrible social skills. (laughs) And she has to kind of be his bridge to the world. And he's such a genius that every now and then the police or somebody need help on this exotic or bizarre crime that involves Uh science. And then he has to use his genius to solve it. You can catch him every now and then, like, the, the... Sci-Fi Channel will run it like all in okay. a block on one day when everyone's asleep at three in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, Wombat's next question is: Did you like Spider-Man Three? <laughs> I've, I've now talked about Probe and Journeyman. <laughs> this is going to be the stupidest podcast in the world. No, no, like, it's cool. Spider-Man crap. We're all over the map. I love it. <laughs> um, um, Spider-Man Three was my least favorite of the series. Spider-Man Two is my favorite superhero movie of all time. Cool. Um, and Spider-Man Three, I felt. Uh, it was all over the map. I felt there was a lot of great action set pieces and a lot of yeah. cool visuals. 
um, and and I like the design work and the special effects, but the story, the heart of it, yeah. um, was it was all over the map. It in my mind, it should have made a choice and cut out one villain. Yeah, I think that's the main been, complaint about it. Yeah, too much stuff it, in because there was a lot of ways they could have gone. Um, it could have been the story about Peter dealing with his dark side. You know, it could have been a good movie with just Venom and the Goblin. Yeah. Or it could have been a movie, a really good movie of just Sandman and the Goblin. Yeah. But to do all three, I, I think the one that got the shortest shrift, which to me was the most interesting, was uh, Thomas Hayden Church and the Sandman stuff. And it all boiled down to this, that his motivation, his reason for doing things was his wife and his child. Mm-hmm. And he gets one frickin' scene with them, and then for the rest of the movie, his emotional attachment is a frickin' locket. <laughs> that, that's, that's true. That's that true. Locket that, has that's, to, that's very true. Yeah. That locket has to symbolize his emotional attachment to his wife and his kid, who we never see again for the whole movie. But everyone, I, I remember being so full of hope watching the first <laughs> third of this movie, the first yeah. third, with the brief exception of, you're kidding me, the Venom symbiote, Falls from space right next to his frickin' picnic. <laughs> there was a million ways to get that symbiote to Earth with all the puzzle pieces they had from the previous two movies. It yeah. could have been an Oscorp uh, yeah. experiment. It could have been something John Jameson brought from outer space on his on his mission. It could have been a million things. And to have it fall from space right next to Peter Parker's picnic as he and Mary Jane are looking at the sky <laughs> was just wince-inducing. Oh, because man. it was like, it was, it was almost Schumacher or, or, uh, or uh, Burton-esque, like, where yeah. you go, like, everything that made you wince in the Batman live-action movies before the, uh, the Nolan one. Right. All the stuff that made you wince, it, it's that and a nugget, a nugget from space with an alien symbiote. Now, are you a are you a Venom fan? Do you like the character? Because he pretty much he, he some people love him, some people hate him. There's not much in the middle, I think. I don't think um I think there's not you know you know what I think the best Venom is is Bendis' Venom. I think Bendis' yeah. Venom in Ultimates, that having it be this thing from Peter Parker's uh, and Brock's dad's like a yeah. science experiment and the way it attached to him and the powers. I thought Bendis did an amazing job of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of the reason that people don't like Venom is, and I'm not one of them, is where it comes from. That the Spider-Man world really is, it's our world. Mm-hmm. You know? And there's the spider mythology, which comes out of Spider-Man's books. And yeah. here you have the Secret Wars. And Peter goes off to this Secret Wars planet where it's one big video game. And I love Secret Wars. I did too. You can't read, like, uh, the Titania issues of the first run of She-Hulk and not tell that I, you know, I love <laughs> Secret Wars. But he gets Spider-Man with an alien thing from outer space that he got from what he thought was an alien costume machine. Yeah. And then he comes to Earth. And it just doesn't fit in Spider-Man's world. Yeah. It, it, and I think that's what a lot of fans, their problem with Venom is. But I think if you focus on Eddie Brock... Yeah. On this guy that spider that uh, a rival photographer, someone that that faked photos, which Peter did all the time, yeah. and someone who will not fake photos but got the wrong news story with the Sin Eater and yeah. Neil Gregg, that here's somebody that and, and has a deep hatred for Peter Parker, 
that's an interesting character. If you don't think about the power of Venom and where it came from, if you think of Eddie Brock and right. start at Eddie Brock, that's a good character, and that's yeah. a good Spider-Man villain. Um, it's, it's one of those things you just have to get over the initial conceit of it's, it's an alien skin from outer space. Right. Um, but you're talking to a guy that, that loves all the different aspects of Spider-Man, from the Spider-Mobile to the Venom symbiote <laughs> to, you know, to, to the three bimbo uh, next-door neighbors, Randy, oh. Bambi, and Candy. Oh, wow. You know, I, you know, wow. I, I, I miss Mrs. Muggins. You know, I, oh, there you go. You know, <laughs> I, there's so much. I, every, every team that has come on to Spider-Man has left its mark and, and brought something. Yeah. That you look at and go, well, that's that adds to everything. That yeah. that there's some nice piece of continuity. There's some nice bit of business. There's some nice characters that you added to the tapestry. Yeah. Hey, Spidey dude, are you outside? We're getting a little interference with your mic. Is that wind hitting your? Phone yeah, that's wind. That's the good old fashioned Texas wind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with a little, they call they call Chicago. The Windy City, but uh, yeah. it's actually more like uh, you know my hometown and, and Dallas, Texas. So, yeah. well, so I you, apologize if you can cover up there. like the 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 uh, head or the the microphone just a little bit. Yeah, just I can. For, okay, I cool. Can. All right. Well, we'll get back to Wombat's last question. It's uh, I think somebody's trying to sell you a T-shirt, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it's gonna get a little nuts. Uh, Wombat's last <laughs> question is uh, when will Brand new day start now because one more day has been delayed. January. It's January. January, January, January. Okay. Has that pushed you back a, a couple months? I mean, when was when were you originally going to come out? Um, whenever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not I'm not dwelling on it. Um, oh. I'm just focusing on you know where where the goal line is now. It's January. Um, and you know it's gonna be you know it's gonna be worth it. You look at you look at one more day. It's a beautiful beautiful uh, bunch of books. It's it's really gonna shake up Spidey's world. Uh, this is important stuff. So it, I, I think it's like Civil War, like other projects. It's good to get it done, get it done right, and get it out because cool. in the end, you know, it's the test of time and how you want to look at it. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, one over here, over here in New York. We'll take two bears and a dog, please, sir. Or ma'am. Yeah. I'm going long. I'm going long. Come on. I'm open. Right. Now you're bragging. <laughs> DXD, he says, hi, Dan. Welcome to the board. Glad to have hey. you here. And he says, Peter David recently brought back some of Peter's old supporting cast, uh, Betty Brant Flash and my favorite, Deb Whitman. Is there any chance they will be hanging around in your run? Um. In our run, so the four spider writers, right. uh, we are Bob and Mark and Zab and I. We're working really hard to give Spidey um, a very strong supporting cast. The best runs of Spider-Man have always had a very strong supporting cast for Peter and his world. Right. And we're trying very hard to do old and new to bring back uh, faces and and people and characters that really work well in Spidey's world and to mix in new characters that'll be characters that years later people will they'll be their dead witness. Oh, <laughs> so, right. Uh, is it is there a favorite supporting cast that you have? Is it are, are, um, or is it bit, is there one one of your favorite ones to write and then is it different that you have one that you like to read or <laughs> are well, they one let, the same? Let me, let me 
premises first, saying what I'm talking about now is general and not anything that alludes specifically to Brand New Day. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, yeah. I don't want to, you know, you know, suddenly I say something like Shawshank, and they're like, oh, they're bringing back Shawshank. <laughs> you know, I'm just talking general, basic, general terms, yeah. General terms. The greatest supporting cast character in the entire world uh, and is, is just from the second he appears in Amazing Spider-Man number one is J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. J. Jonah Jameson is a... I'm so trying to keep away from the yelling, screaming people. Is that... Uh, and yet, <laughs> you guys were laughing at my dog the last time. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was Jameson in the in the football field or the stadium. Female yeah. <laughs> uh, version. Blast it! Get off my line, you wall-selling <laughs> weasel! <laughs> it's just, you know, it's he's great. He's, you know, I just and it's not he's not just one note. You know, he's wonderful. I, one of the things that bugged me as a reader is over the years you start seeing. And don't get me wrong, because I'm going to sound like a total hypocrite. You, you see other supporting characters from books, classic Marvel characters that are, are not superheroes, spreading out into the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you, you, they bump into other titles. Like, you know, the most classic example is Rick Jones. Right. You know, Rick Jones, is, he's, just, he's all over the map with Captain America and Captain Marvel and Rom and Hulk and yeah. everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And Jonah is one of these characters that people just love using yeah. And you can be reading any book in a Marvel comic, and you can cut to the Daily Bugle yeah. and see him mouthing off about whatever character is in the book you're reading about. Yeah. Um, somewhere down the line, like uh, especially in like you read stuff like uh, Miller's Born Again, mm-hmm. Jonah almost appears nor he almost appears admirable, <laughs> like this great <laughs> newsman. Yeah, with integrity and you know, and, and he's really been lacking uh, in the books lately. I mean, you know, once we got him out of the bugle, started teach having Peter teach, he, he really wasn't as integral to the book. You know, yeah. last few years. So well, um, I, I can't talk about Jonah in the future, and you'll see why when <laughs> when Brand New Day comes out. Mm-hmm. But it's just what a joy to write him, um, yeah. and uh, to, to do the voice of the, this guy who can be. This proud father, this cravenly coward, this penny pinching miser, this proud American—he's <laughs> yeah. all over the map. He's, <laughs> he's such a, a, a this force of nature, and he when and he just so he eats the scenery whenever yeah. he's around. When we when we talked to Peter David back in January, he said he was a hard character to write. Do you find him hard to write, or it just oh, feels I, he's, a, he's a joy. He's yeah. so much fun to write. Yeah. He's so larger than life, and 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 the pompous blowhard. It's so much fun <laughs> to get into the J. Jonah mindset. Yeah, um, you know, it's the, cool. and it doesn't. It really, I, I, from my point of view, it doesn't take that much mm-hmm. as a writer to to just. Stan Lee created such as, and Steve Ditko created such this amazing character that you only have to start doing a couple lines of practice dialogue, and he's on a roll. Yeah. The, you minute, the minute you start hitting you, you web-headed weirdo, you know, <laughs> you're, you're just, you're off and running. 
Yeah. Uh, cool. He's so much fun. DXD's other question is, he said he read an, other, an older interview with Roger Stern discussing his run on the old Peter Parker Spec Spider-Man title. He talked about borrowing villains that belong to other heroes. Any chance of that happening? He says he'd like to see Jigsaw, Cobra, Mr. Hyde example in a Spidey story. So. Stern, his, all his Spidey stuff was so amazing, and I loved when he yeah. did stuff like The Red Ghost. And and Juggernaut, oh my God, the two part Juggernaut, Juggernaut story. I love that one. Um, Stern just really hit on a magic thing, and he did it so much earlier than Acts of Vengeance. Yeah, of just borrowing and, and giving pieces. And over the years, people have stolen a lot of Spidey's guys, like Kingpin. Kingpin's yeah. a Spidey guy, gosh darn it. Yeah. Um, are we going to do that with with Spidey? Um, I don't know. I, I honestly can't tell you. Um, because right now where our focus is, uh, the Spider team, yeah. is we've, we've taken a lot of the, the classic villains that everyone loves seeing and who, who kind of, we kind of feel over the past few years have been overexposed. Yeah. That it's kind of like, oh, it's Wednesday, Doc Ock must be robbing a bank. Yeah. You, know, you swing over, punch him, and go on to the next story. It, it, it feels like these guys keep popping up everywhere, yeah. and, and they get taken down really quickly. Yeah. Um, so we want to take the classic guys and put them in a box and store them over here for a bit and build up to something big with them, cool. something that merits how big they should be yeah. and how imposing and cool they should be. And while we're doing that, we're also bringing in new Spider-Man villains, all new rogues. Cool. Um, and that's what a blast. If someone got... If someone... <laughs> if someone got to say to you, you got to make, you get to create Spider-Man villains. Yeah, that, that's just the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. So we're we're having a lot of fun with that. I really like the guys that uh, that that Guggenheim and Zeb Wells and Bob Gale have come up with. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm having so much fun with my guys too. They're, they're, we're cool. all and we're all working together, so these characters flow in and out of each other's stories. Uh, Matt, Matthew Wass, I think is how you say it. He's from Athens, Greece. Man, you're all over the globe with fans, Dan. <laughs> he goes, uh, hi, Dan. I have thought some questions out. Well, whatever. JR, you're going to have to help me with the, uh, the name Sask, uh, S-A-C-A-S-A. He was the writer on, uh, Sens- Sensational. Sakaska. Sakaska. There you go. <laughs> oh, 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 Roberto, Roberto Aguirre Sakasa. There, there you go. I always ah, have nice guy. And Pe- what he did, and Peter David did with the supporting cast. Will those villains be explored? Hmm. You mean like <laughs> you mean you mean like guys like Tracer or I'm yeah. confused. The supporting cast or villains? Well, the supporting cast and the villains. Will anybody that they touched on in the those runs will they be uh, post one brand new day or? Well. Gosh, once the nuclear device goes off in one more day, and oh, (laughs) (laughs) no more tracer. (laughs) I'm sorry, I just had to do that at some point. (laughs) There's no nuclear device. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, we're we're you know mm, um, how to answer that. I don't know. <laughs> you you could say it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. There you it's go. Possible. It's possible. You never know. You never know with the world of Spidey. I mean, you never want to throw out good stuff. You, you know, you want, uh, there's, and we're talking since 1962. 
there's a lot of great Spider-Man stuff. And yeah. well, this the next question is talking about a boycott. <laughs> if the ending of One More Day is what we all think it is, and the fans yeah. reacted with a boycott, what will be your reaction? Considering that you and the rest of the creative team will pay for it. <laughs> what is that um, about? I, you know, it's it's weird. Uh, I these are I think these are the same guys that wanted to boycott New Avengers because Spider-Man should never be on a team. And you know that really worked out well mm-hmm. because every time I look at the charts New Avengers is the number one selling book exactly. in America. Money's talking. <laughs> Money's talking on that one. You no, know, it's a, you hear this a lot. Um, that, oh, oh no, you made this character left-handed. I saw stuff on She-Hulk for people <laughs> complaining that um, you you made She-Hulk's eye, like when they started uh, in the the Jeff Johns run of Avengers, yeah. they colored She-Hulk's eyes green. And, and Jen Walters, her eyes were always brown, but we hadn't really seen Jen Walters for years. Right. And they colored her eyes green, and we had her going green for months and months and months. So when we started the book, we just kind of kept it green, yeah. even though her eyes were brown. Huh. Back in the uh, the David Anthony Craft years, mm-hmm. and because come on, and then I remember seeing people writing, "We're going to boycott She-Hulk because she <laughs> she her eyes should be brown. Her eyes should be brown." And you're like, "Oh my <laughs> God, get a life." Okay. As Shatner says, <laughs> "No, no, 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 no. Everyone's going to have you know it." I'm not going to say get a life. That's mean. <laughs> it's like, um, can we swear yeah. on the podcast? Okay, shit, shit, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you know the George Carlin uh, monologue about driving on the freeway? I don't. I don't. I know George the Carlin. <laughs> I think I know where he's going with this one. George Carlin he says, like, when you're driving on the freeway, yeah. everybody going slower than you is an asshole. Look <laughs> at that asshole. Can you believe this asshole? Oh, my God. And everyone going faster than you is a maniac. <laughs> you see that maniac? Oh, my God. Look at that maniac. <laughs> and the fact is everyone's going to be driving at their own damn speed. Mm-hmm. So you're always going to be some maniac's asshole, and you're always going to be some asshole's maniac. <laughs> and that's the way it is with continuity. That's the way it's like, true. Well, this person isn't observing continuity. That person isn't observing it enough. You know, it's... <laughs> Oh, I hate six-issue stories. If they tell another six-issue story, I'm out of here. I love the six-issue stories. They're making it more real. They're exploring nuance. Everyone falls on different parts of the issue. And the problem with the Internet is that you're allowed to get groupings of, for the most part, like 30 or 40 guys on a site or 30 or 40 guys on any one issue. And these 30 or 40 guys talk to themselves, and in their mind, they fill up the entire pie chart. <laughs> they think they're the entire pie chart of the world yeah. because they found 29 to 39 other people who agree with them. <laughs> and they think that they all rise up in mass, these 39, 40 other people you know, are going to have this major dent. Yeah. But the fact is, the fan base is so much... It's great. It's great. And I, you see me, I'm on the boards. It's right. great that you're you get to hang out with these people online and chat about things you really care about and you're really passionate about. Yeah. But you got to remember, you're just a blip. You're, yeah. you know, it's really sad. You know, we're the little who's down in Whoville. Exactly. You, you gotta, you, when you pan back and you see the bigger picture, um, it's, it's really not so many people incensed about this, that, or the other thing. Mm-hmm. It's people who are digging, you know, comics yeah. and people who like getting their monthly entertainment. Yeah. Um, 
it's great that you feel passionate about these kind of things. And for people who, are, for the, all the people who are online, are going, oh, this is how I feel, and I'm going to boycott. And, you know, <laughs> dude, that's that's your call. Yeah. And you're the consumer, and it's your two ninety nine a month, and that is so your right mm-hmm. to make that call. Yeah. Um, and all the power to you. Um, I just, I feel like you're kind of like the guys who are voting for Nader. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, uh, and yeah. God bless you using your vote that way because that's your vote and yeah. that's your God-given right. But I'm telling you, we're in a two-party system here. You exactly. know what I'm saying? I got you. <laughs> and yeah. if you're boycotting, you know, I that's, that's your right to do that, and that's mm-hmm. totally cool, and I understand you're passionate about your views and that you're going to vote with your wallet, and that's great. Yeah. But I'm totally serious. I'm not being <laughs> facetious. That is awesome. What? But what I'm saying is, you're going to miss a fun ride because uh, there's a lot of work, a lot of love going in um, with with Bob and Mark and Deb and me. There's a lot of energy. Um, there's a lot of people that are jazzed to work on Spider-Man, to write Spider-Man. It's We've awesome. got a murderer's row of uh, artists coming on with Steve McNiven and Chris Bacallo, and Salvador Roca, and John Mina Jr., and Phil Jimenez, and, and some mystery guys that are really cool. cool. This is, these are going to be issues of Amazing Spider-Man. They're going to come out. They're going to have that logo. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to they're gonna be in those comic indexes. They're going to count. That's and cool. if you're a Spider-Fan, you know, this is a new era. And awesome. hopefully you're gonna, you know, there's some good times coming ahead and some really good stories. Uh, Spidey Dude will appreciate this question. It's uh, will Marvel ever use characters from the Clone Saga? I know you probably, you probably <laughs> uh, don't know, but is there a policy on the Clone Saga? Like if you write it, you're in trouble or something like that. I guess. I, I don't. I don't think there's a, a, a you know, a, oh my god, you know, crazy stamp that gets stamped on you if you go near it. <laughs> I, I, you, you look at find Spider Girl's an amazing book. And they're using stuff from the Clone Saga, left and right, in the Spider Girl book, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there, you know, there's no scary, ooh, no Clone Saga. Yeah. Um, if you write it well, it can be used well. I mean, it just depends yeah. on the the quality of the writing and the and and sometimes they you just get a bad case of a bad writer that that uh, sometimes people will say it's a horrible character, but you get a good writer on it and they can take it away. Yeah, I blow you away with it. You're, you're talking to a guy who just spent an issue writing the Vulturians. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I was like, and, what? And, and, exactly. And, and you got to feel like when, when that was announced, when that's in the solicits, <laughs> immediately these threads start popping up on the Vulturians. Those losers. You know? <laughs> I'm trying to so, think when the last Vulturian appearance was. Was it. Were they well, in the Spider-Man f- number three or four? I was thinking that. Yeah, when he, had, he got rid of the. Around the, when he got, went up to the bell tower. Uh, one, yeah. The bell tower was one, and then there was a story with uh, getting a hat to Aunt May. Oh wow! Yeah, and they had the they had the magic they had the uh, poison blow dart gun they <laughs> used as their weapon. So they're like flying with one arm, obviously. So you're <laughs> you're the guy that brought him back after a twenty year absence. <laughs> you gotta. There's all these great yeah. characters lying around. Well, not. <laughs> there are all these characters with amazing potential and that I remember reading and enjoying. Yeah. And it's fun to see them show up again. <laughs> and also, every now and then you get your civil wars and you're this and you're that, and people just pull out the machete and start mowing people down and chopping them up. Yeah. You've got to get some new blood from somewhere. Yeah. 
Uh, Spidercraft from Michigan, uh, says, first of all, Dan, it's me, uh, Stared Craft from CBR and such. Nice to see you here on the crawl space. Hello. Says, second, I've been loving all of your work. Heck, as of this point, I've just gotten the fifth and final trade paperback volume of your She-Hulk run. I have all five, the GLA uh, trade paperback and the Thing trade paperback, and you are just so amazing at what you do. Now, he says, my question is, at the end this of your... mom, isn't it? <laughs> mom! Does mom live in Michigan? <laughs> no. <laughs> and now his question is, it says, at the end of your She-Hulk run, you set up stuff for Awesome Andy. Well, now just Awesome Android once again. A mad th- oh. th- thinker robots and Southpaw. Any chance you'll use them in Spider-Man, or are they saved for something else entirely like your Reckoning War, which I can't wait for whatever happens? Okay, first off, you're not allowed to say Reckoning War by saying Reckoning War. This is just a rule. It's okay. A rule. You have to say it like you're James Earl Jones talking through a megaphone. It's <laughs> the Reckoning War. That was, Come on, everybody. Wow. Everybody. That was, was kind of like Megatron from uh, Transformers. <laughs> Reckoning on, War. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Anyone else want to shoot for that? JR, anybody? JR, you got Reckoning War in you? Uh, I think he, <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Oh, no. crawl. It's called Reckoning War. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> um, dun, dun, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, guys should be followed around by bassoons and bass trumpets. And Everybody in the stadium doors. is looking at you right now, Spidey dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And, uh, I just keep looking up at this plane and hoping to God it will keep going away. It's got like this banner flying behind it, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, this makes so much noise. I hope to God they're not, people listening to the podcast are not listening to this. <laughs> Fucking plane that keeps this circling guy, the stadium. This guy's at a football game talking Spider-Man? What the hell? He's... A, he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, I- I'm just surprised to see Redskins fans here. I'm just yeah. kind of shocked. Redskins in Dallas, like what? That's like you know seventh level of hell. I mean, that- that's like that's like a Boston Red Sox fan in, in the middle of a Yankee Stadium. You know what I'm saying? I I used to I used to live in England, and you could tell what people were for what football teams by what they were wearing on their scarf, like what colors they had on their scarf on the way to work. Everybody, all walks of life, all you know, class structures, and when you'd see any kind of football match, it would be solid waves of color on one side of the field and solid waves on the other <laughs> in the stadium. Yeah. And I remember I had these friends, and they were on the rugby team. They're huge guys, and they got seats on the wrong side. And I swear to God, you could watch you could watch on the telly. You could, you could see them. You could spot them. You know, That's them! Those two red and yellow dots and that sea of blue. Poor bastards. Yeah, were, these were just huge guys. They were perfectly fine. And then they even uh, eventually in that broadcast, they focused in on them like, look at those guys. <laughs> They're hey, idiots. They sat on the wrong side of the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Awesome Andy. We're, let's get back to Awesome oh. Andy. <laughs> um, you'll, you'll probably see uh, more development for Awesome Andy and, uh, and Southpaw, because eventually Southpaw will be trained by the gauntlet. It's in stone. Oh, cool. Or at least time travel stone mm-hmm. in Shield 3. So uh, all signs point towards the initiative. Now, you'll, can you talk a bit about the Reckoning War at all? <laughs> Reckoning War. <laughs> um, what, is, what is that? I, I mean, I haven't heard much about it. Uh, there's... There's something that is seeded in the first volume of She-Hulk, okay. uh, number seven. Okay. And it, um, because of it, it launches all these things into happening. And 
eventually when you hit She-Hulk Volume 2, Number 3, uh, She-Hulk is on trial for her life okay. um, with the Time Variance Authority. And they're deciding whether or not to wipe her out of continuity, to just mm-hmm. remove her from the timeline. And they're showing, and all her friends have to come up and justify She-Hulk's reason for being, and justify that you couldn't just plug in another superhero to do the heroic feat she'd done, that Jennifer Walters has merit as a person, and she should be allowed to continue in the timeline. Mm-hmm. And at one point, uh, one of the one of the time cops who wants She-Hulk to lose takes She-Hulk and drags her a couple years into the future and shows her a future where everything's gone to hell. Buildings are on fire that are still standing. Right. There's a, a dead watcher who's not a Watu um, mm-hmm. laid out on the floor, and, and there's a Watu and another Watcher, Zoma, who are they're actually carrying huge weapons. <laughs> These are watchers, right. you know, are never supposed to interfere. Yeah. And the FF, some of the FF are there, and everyone looks like crap. And they, they've obviously been through this horrible thing. They're in the middle of something called the Reckoning War. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the time cop shows this to She-Hulk, and She-Hulk's like, why are you showing me this? And the She-Hulk of the future that they're watching uh, has a moment where she says, oh, my God, this is all my fault. This all happened because of something I did. Okay. And She-Hulk's like, oh, my God, well, now that I know that, I'll change it. And the time cop says, you don't understand, She-Hulk. This isn't because of something you're about to do. This is because of something you've done. Right. Like something you've already done is set this all in motion, this horrible thing that's going to spread, and it's not just Earth. It's going to spread across the, the universe. Mm-hmm. And um, wow. is there, she realizes is that there plans the to only make way this... she... Oh, I'm sorry. What? I was wondering if there's plans to make this like a miniseries or something. It sounds like a good... Um, it, it would be cool. Uh, yeah. Is reckoning that the germ, the the basic idea behind Reckoning War, mm-hmm. that even though She-Hulk is a kind of a catalyst to it, the, the idea is so big and it's so linked to a very important Marvel cosmic event mm-hmm. um, that if you've never read She-Hulk, if we just did the Reckoning War, um, you'd go, wow. You know, that's, that's huge. I totally get where that's coming from. That's cool. this big, epic Marvel thing. Mm-hmm. And it's something I've, I've wanted to do since I was about like 9 or 10. Oh, wow. There are certain characters, and we really haven't seen them in decades, but they're really integral to the Marvel cosmos. And cool. I was thinking, wow, if this and this happened, oh, my God, that would be so cool. Awesome. <laughs> get. Like, why haven't we ever seen this? Um, and it's... Uh, it's really, really big. I've, I've so wanted to do this, and we set the seeds for it. So cool. a lot of She-Hulk fans are running, wondering, when are you getting to the Reckoning War? Cool. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there, hopefully in the initiative. Awesome. Don Mark, yeah. he's from Arkham Asylum. He's been locked up for a few years. He says, oh. Dan the Man, got questions for ya. He's spelled F-O, Foya, in all of the many versions of Spider-Man depicted in the many cartoons and movies. If you were to have a sudden case of writer's block, what would you like to incorporate into a spider story that started out somewhere else? So, oh, that's a really interesting question. I, I want Miss Lion to come in. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that, oh. was, that was a vehemently no. It was like, you know, like just... Yeah, after he said Miss Lion. No. Yeah, there, no, no Miss Lion. <laughs> no Miss Lion. How about the girl um, that bakes cookies? Cake. 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 No, sorry. Cake. 
it's chocolate cake. It's Ur- Ursula Ditkovich. Now, now, now. He he was on the phone in the black suit, and he said, "Go make me some cookies with nuts." Oh, see, I, in my head, I'm already blocking Spider-Man Three. <laughs> she'll, she'll always be the chocolate cake girl from Spider-Man Three to me. Uh, I, Ursula and that Ditkovich was during the uh, horrible montage of the the horrible '70s song oh, we I had like on the that. podcast. I like that. I like that montage. But... <laughs> well, he's being a douche. I mean, oh, he's just being a douche. <laughs> I, oh God, I was wincing the whole time sitting oh. there in my seat watching that. I, I'm the um, I'm the rare one that liked that montage. <laughs> see, I you, you asked me, you asked Tom Brevoort, like one of the best moments in Spider-Man Two is the chocolate cake. Feel like that moment should be cut. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> The universe's way of saying, someday when you need it, you'll have chocolate cake and a nice tall There you go. That's, you know, <laughs> that's your, you know, action is his reward. No, sometimes it's chocolate cake and a big tall glass of milk. Or fruit pies. <laughs> um, but if, uh, if, I, if, I could, if I could bring anything in from, like, all the different spider media. Yeah, feel free. Wow. Um, you know, I was... You know, there, there's some ideas that were really cool that, in, that have appeared in other other places. So, like Ursula, she's a great character. Uh, but like uh, anyone, you guys remember playing the Spider-Man PlayStation One video game? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wasn't that was great. Shit. That was, that was awesome. Would you? And the minute you get Doc Ock possessed by Carnage, you're like that looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that awesome? Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be cool. Spider-Man. Yeah, so like you look at something like that and you go, wow, that's that's kind of neat. It'd be Carnock <laughs> um, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the idea of the uh, one of the symbiotes, one of the big symbiotes, mm-hmm. possessing uh, other spider villains. Yeah, that could be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that could that could lead to some kind of you know WTF moment. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm, wow. Uh, I'm I'm such a huge huge fan of the the Spider-Man 67 cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, that that really was my entry level drug into Spider-Man because <laughs> um, they were showing that in they were showing that in uh, syndication when I was a little kid. Right. And I would race home every day after school to watch that. Yeah. One of one of the things that scares the hell out of the other Spider writers is I have an, an insane collection of um, of different covers of that song. Oh, from cool! Di- from from all kinds of different bands and things, and mm-hmm. and uh, when we were in San Diego, I gave everybody these uh, Spider-Man playlists. <laughs> uh, these I burned everybody's CDs. That's so cool! Of all this, where like every third song was a cover of Spider-Man from somebody else, and all the other stuff were superhero songs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or or rock bands doing things about superheroes, <laughs> and. Uh, Who's he? And everyone's like, you know, Guggenheim's like, oh, this is cool. And Zeb's like, oh, this is neat. And they give it to Bob Gale, and he was all ecstatic. And then Bob Gale's daughter's there, and she's like looking at me, and she goes, great. Now we're going to have to listen to this on the car ride home. Thanks. Who's your favorite, Thanks cover? Who's your favorite cover of it? Um, wow. Oh, there's just so many. You know, I really freaking love There's two versions of it that he did, mm-hmm. and one you can get on his album, which is really slow. It's the one they actually do for the uh, – the end credit sequence is much better. It's uh, Michael Bublé. Oh, I love, like a, I love that one. Doing, doing the, the Junkie XL remix version yes. of the Michael Bublé one, yeah. which is the whole like Rat Pack uh-huh. kind of version. Yeah. Like, and that's just that's awesome. And I can't believe they didn't I, put it on the soundtrack. You had to buy a special single for that song. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yes, you did. Didn't that just stink? <laughs> I know. That was like the best song in that whole songs inspired by. <laughs> a, a lot of people... 
think that the Moxie Fruvis cover and the They Might Be Giants cover are the same cover, but they're not. Oh, <laughs> so there you go. They sound very similar, but they're com- two completely different covers. We actually used um, that uh, Might Be Giants as our opening last month, I think. So. It's, there, it's, you can't go wrong. Yeah. The, uh, um, there's, oh, geez, there's so much. I lo- oh, the best one of all time has got to be the Ramones. Yeah, the Ramones is good. The Ramones one is really good. There's a, a band I really like called the Mr. T Experience, called MTX. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Mr. Have you ever heard of the Mr. I've, T Experience? I've never even heard of the group. That's awesome. I oh, pity the fool. <laughs> no, 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 no. They're 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 all like I think suburban white guys, but they're 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 really good. That's they have awesome. a great song. Everyone should hunt it down. Called Even Hitler Had a Girlfriend. <laughs> Where the whole point of the song wow. is this guy singing like. Even Hitler had a girlfriend. Why can't I? Like I'm so low. Wow, that's classic. <laughs> and, yeah, or uh, there's one other one called like with uh, with your with with my brains and your looks. Mm-hmm. There's some really good. They're very much in the style of um, of they might be giants or um, somewhere in between they might be giants and Ukla the Mock. Cool. So, have you ever heard of Ukla the Mock? I have not. I have not. If you're a comic book fan, you've got to hunt down the Ukla the Mock stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. Um, it's it's funny. They really know their stuff. It's kind of like if Evan Dorkin had a band. Like cool. you, you, you listen, you, like you read Elton Book Club, and you know that Evan Dorkin knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. There's a great song by Ukla the Mock called "Stop Talking About Comic Books or I'll Kill You." <laughs> <laughs> And every single they're they're mentioned in the song to post zero hour continuity and and uh you know there's there's lyrics about uh Steve Rogers Shield and Logan's Claws and nice. it's a hoot. Man and, and even mentions of Wizard Magazine. Oh cool. It's it's really funny. Well we'll go back to Massachusetts for this next one from Man Spider. He says, Why did you decide to have three Scarlet Spiders in the initiative book? Michael Van Patrick. Ah. <laughs> Just kind of worked out. <laughs> He's MVP. Yeah. They're my Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yeah. They're my wonderful MVP and clones. things They're work really great fun. in threes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And because also, I liked, I liked when I was writing the script, I was just, when you had the um, the, the the three Spider-Man villains, the Shocker, the Hydro-Man, and uh, Boomerang, and they're all hiding, mm-hmm. I liked the visual of one of them uncloaking. Mm-hmm. And then two more uncloaking. Right. They're like, oh, That's shit. Cool. I, I, liked, I, I liked how people thought, like, when we did the three, that, oh, my God, are there five? Are there six? Is there an <laughs> army? Is, three was enough. If, yep. if you did two, you might understand it was two guys. Yeah. The minute you do three, everyone started worrying if Tony Stark was going to have a clone army. Right. You know. And he says, as an irredeemable Ant-Man fan, I want to thank you for putting him in the book. And I'm also an Ant-Man fan. I love that Kirkman book. He did a great job. Uh, that's that's all Kirkman. Kirkman called me up and said, please put him in the initiative. He didn't want anyone to black Goliath him. Yeah. And he, so initiative, the idea was initiative would be his uh, lifeboat. But uh, now he's killed in action. Might not have been a good time to join in. <laughs> uh, FSU spider fan from uh, Greenville, North Carolina, says, what do you see as the main motivation of Peter Parker to be Spider-Man? It seems... That has evolved over the years from the thrills and greed, pride to guilt, responsibility. It's everything. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know, it's you, the the day he gets his power. You know, is you you read the dialogue, and he could easily become a Spider-Man villain. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? You look at all the dialogue that Spider-Man villains have when they get their powers. Right. And the way, in, the, in these great Stan and Steve stories. And Peter is saying the exact same things. Like, I'm going to make them pay. <laughs> yeah, you look at that amazing, the amazing fantasy dialogue. It's great. Right. There, you know, if, if Uncle Ben hadn't died, there's every chance in the world that, and you look at, you look at like all these, oh God, I don't want to make, I don't want to sound horrible, but you look at like these, these kids that have been picked on in schools and then you get these horrible school disasters. Yeah. You know, that could have been Peter Parker. Yeah. You know, you, you look yeah. at this guy who with this sheltered life with his, you know, you know, this orphan who's being raised by his sweet, loving aunt and uncle who who think the world of him, but everyone else at school puts him down and, and is mean and is horrible to him, and and then he becomes empowered. Mm-hmm. And and the things that come out of his mouth, like, the world could hang for all I care. Mm-hmm. I'll look after these two. They're the only ones who matter anything. Like, I'll make the rest pay. Yeah. <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and you look at what he does, I and mean, that's what the first movie got done so right. Um, the first thing he does, he goes on TV, he's yeah. making all this money, you know, he's, he's living the high life. Yeah. And he pays for his, his one moment of, you know, in the middle of all that, the person he's becoming, mm-hmm. he's a total ass. Yeah. And when he lets that guy get away, he could have stopped him. Right. He could have stopped him a million ways. Yep. And he didn't because he was being selfish mm-hmm. and that's going to haunt him. Right. For the rest of his life, that is going to haunt him. That is going to, but at the same time, we've seen story after story where Spider-Man gets so much in Peter's life, mm-hmm. and and takes away from his life so much that that he throws it in that trash can. It's always the same trash can, too. Yeah, exactly. It's always framed <laughs> yeah. in the foreground. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so we we've seen him make selfish decisions. Oh, He's constant. Yeah. And and as much as he grows, as much as he changes, and and learns things. There are certain patterns of behavior that he has. Right. We, we know so many people in our own lives that have patterns of destructive behavior mm-hmm. that keep going back. And you think, oh, haven't they learned that? Right. Haven't they learned that enough? Right. Why are you still chasing after 20-year-old girls? <laughs> Why are you still doing this? Why are you putting all your love and attention into that car? Why are you, you hitting the bottle? Why are you gambling? Why are you? We know so many people. And to say, well, this book's been going on since 1962. Hasn't he changed? Yeah. Do you guys remember the uh, the? It's it's one of the the, the worst, the, the absolute worst of the Batman movies in my mind. <laughs> Batman and Robin. The George, yeah, the George Clooney. Yeah. And I remember seeing an interview with George Clooney about Batman, mm-hmm. and someone from like Entertainment Tonight or someone was asking, "What do you think about the character of Bruce Wayne? About um, about how they, you know, his parents were killed?" And George Clooney kind of laughed it off and smiled and did that George Clooney smile and said. Oh, it's been so many years now. He's over it. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, he didn't really get no. that character, did he? <laughs> no, no, he's not over it. Man, you know, I remember having arguments with people while I was working on Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember having an argument with Ty because he wanted to do a story that wrapped up our whole run of the Batman Adventures, where he wanted to do the story where Batman fought Joe Chill. Mm-hmm. And my involvement in that story, because I was I was off the book at that time, but I I just wouldn't let up. And I was like, you know, you can have a story where Joe Chill dies. You can have a story where Joe Chill, Batman goes up against Joe Chill. Batman should never know it's Joe Chill. Yeah. 
is you should never know that's the person who killed my parents. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the story, when Joe Chill dies, Batman's like, oh, I guess he was nobody important. Yeah. Batman needs the ghost of Joe Chill to chase for his whole life. Right. And it's not Joe Chill the person. It's the, there's a world of Joe Chills. Mm-hmm. There's a world of Bruce Wayne's who, who might lose their parents. Right. There's a world of Uncle Ben's, of other people's Uncle Ben. Yeah, and there's burglars. There's, yeah, he's always haunted mm-hmm. by the burglar, yeah. You, you need, he, Spidey always needs that in his life, mm-hmm. and that can never go away. Yeah. Um, he, he always needs, you know, if not Aunt May and Uncle Ben, then the lessons they have taught him right. and the gifts they've given him um, to be a person. Conversely, Spider-Man is this person that has all these stresses and pressures that we all have, sometimes more so than we do. Yeah. And the way he deals with it is he has this amazing the same way how we deal with it sometimes by reading the adventures of Spider-Man and getting to live vicariously through him. Peter has the real thing where he gets to shoot his webs and swing through the city like a crazy-ass guy on a bizarre (laughs) trapeze and and have this amazing life of adventure. He gets to crack wise and and take on this persona of Spider-Man. And sometimes that can be a release. It can be this thing that allows him to be a whole person and to allow him to get these things off his chest yeah. as much as it can be. It, it all depends. Yeah. Um, um, it, it, there is no definitive answer. It's, it's so much a mixture of everything. Okay. Uh, Thanos, number six, says, if there's one classic Spidey villain who, in your opinion, hasn't appeared enough lately, who is it and do you have plans to use them? Um, my... My, one of my favorites is the lizard. Mm-hmm. I love the lizard. Yeah. I love how um, it comes out of uh, the same kind of Spider-Man mixture of selfishness. Like, I want my arm back. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's Kirk Connors. He's this great scientist. But at the same time, he can say to himself, I'm doing this for mankind. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't this be great if this is out there? Yeah. Um, and he pays the ultimate price for it. And it haunts him for the rest of his life, much like the Hulk does Bruce Banner. Right. Or, you know, it's this this curse he now has. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like him being part of Spider-Man's life as a fellow scientist, mm-hmm. as someone Pete can go to for help, um, as someone Pete can talk to, um, as someone who also has something that he considers a curse. Right. Uh, he, he's a great character. I'd li- and we're folding Kirk Connors into the cast. Oh, that's cool. Um, Bob Gale loves the lizard, too. Yeah. So you're going to see in Bob Gale's story, um, Kirk Connors popping up. And we've reached the end of the second hour of the podcast. Now, coming up in part three, we'll hear about Slot's least favorite villain, and we'll wrap up all your many message board questions. And as always, we want to thank our sponsor of the show, MailOrderComics.com. Now, if you've been unsatisfied with your local comic shop or online store, give them a try, because you can't beat discounts up to 75% off comics. Now, again, that's MailOrderComics.com. Everyone have a great Thanksgiving, and as always, thanks for listening. Part 3 will be up shortly. Until then, I'm Brad Douglas, and I'll see you on the message board at SpidermanCrawlSpace.com.